Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Senate Democrats put pressure on Israel's prime minister on a recent CODEL over their plans to expand settlements on the West Bank. Number two, Ukrainians push for a call between President Vladimir Zelensky and Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And number three, the battle for where the new FBI headquarters will be built moves into high gear. All right, Jake, we have a ton of news in Punchbowl News AM this morning. We are hitting on just the top three headlines uh, that we are that we are reporting on this morning. But let's get right to it. We are leading uh, the newsletter with some news following um Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's recent CODEL to Israel and the effort that Senate Democrats put to try to sway Benjamin Netanyahu to kind of stop his plans to expand settlements on the West Bank. Yeah. Happy March. It is March. Today is, I just saw on Twitter, the first meteorological, God. Wow. That That was a tough one for you there. (laughs) This hour, everything's tough. Even March is tough. Uh, Today's the first day of spring, meteorologically, I guess, um, which is cool. In Washington, the flowers are blooming, man. I was walking around last night. It's pretty insane. And well, listen, um, it's going to be 60 today, but... You know how that goes, right? It's like 60, and then it's like we're going to have a snowstorm in a week. <laughs> There's, I'm not, I don't know that that's true, but that's always what happens. Um, so it has long been U.S. policy that Israel and the Palestinians should have a two-state solution. That has been... <laughs> that has been more of a dream in the last 15 years than um, a reality. Um, John Kerry, as Secretary of State, tried hard to uh, push a two-state solution. You know, it's not been a successful endeavor. But Benjamin Netanyahu, who has now returned to the prime ministership, the premiership, I guess is the way to say it, um, it has now has a very right-wing government. Um, that has been well covered. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. He is. This is a, as right wing of a government as we've seen in Israel in a long time. Um, and they are expanding settlements in the West Bank. This has always been controversial with the U.S. or not always. I mean, Trump didn't really care, but but he did. Actually, he said, you know, don't do this. It's going to hurt the process, whatever. Um, but. In a meeting that Chuck Schumer had, by the way, his second Codell in his time in the Senate, kind of stunning, right, Anna? I mean, most Senate leaders, McConnell, they, they take Codells at least once a year, right? Like, um, Schumer doesn't do that. His Codells are to Rochester and Buffalo. Um, his uh, New York man, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, cool. Uh, so he went to a number of places, India, Pakistan, uh, Germany, Israel. And he met with Netanyahu and they basically said, if you continue doing this, this is going to screw things up with the U.S. Um, And it threatens a two state solution. Uh, It is a Gary Peters, the chair of the Homeland Security Government Affairs Committee and the DSCC chair, although that's not relevant in this situation. But he described the discussion as frank. Um, Interesting. It's just interesting. I mean, we rarely get a view into um into this these kind of meetings with leaders um uh and we got it 
Um, and it's just interesting to hear that that Schumer and his delegation or Schumer's delegation uh, stood up to Netanyahu, which is a, you know, it's just it's interesting to me. I think it's a fascinating look inside of kind of the the Senate as a um, uh, almost as a bunch of mini prime ministers running around the world. That's not a criticism. I mean, the Senate has a huge role in foreign policy in the U.S., uh, a loud voice, a huge role. Chuck Schumer has been aligned with Netanyahu on a host of issues, including the um, uh, the Iran deal. Um, they uh, Schumer did not back the Iran deal when Obama cut it. Obviously, a hugely controversial issue. Netanyahu came to um, address a joint session of Congress to speak out against the Iran deal uh, in the U.S. Uh, a very controversial move. John Boehner did that. I actually went to Israel with John Boehner after that when we were at Politico. Um, just a fascinating set of events, Anna. Yeah, and I think to your point, right, what this really does is we, it's a look behind how um, different lawmakers use these codels. Sometimes people criticize them, you know, as just kind of you're kind of gallivanting around the world. Uh, but clearly there are serious meetings that are happening and the effort by uh, Senate Democrats to put some pressure really on, um, you know, on Israel and, and really kind of force the, the the U.S., at least their their position when it comes to the two-state uh, solution. It will be interesting to see if, if that has any impact or if it's more um, just kind of, a, you know, an effort by the U.S. that falls on, on deaf ears, something that we will continue to be watching. I, I would imagine it is. Um, the Listen, Israel considers this a domestic policy issue that um, – which it's not, of course, but um, that they have the right to to do what they want. Um, it, it, but it is controversial on the world stage, um, and uh, it does have impact, right? I mean, w- we are a, a big contributor to Israel's defense um, for many, many years. Uh, the Iron Dome Congress has been incredibly uh, uh supportive of the Iron Dome, which helps intercept and destroy missiles launched from um, from Gaza. Um, so this is a a, a it, it's a big issue for Congress. Let's put it that way. All right, let's go on to the number two story uh, for us this morning. We have a scoop. The Ukrainian government is trying to set up a phone call between Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, according to multiple sources familiar with the effort. The call has not yet been scheduled, uh, but clearly this is something we've been talking about for a while, right? The concern among uh, not just domestically, but certainly world powers over where Republicans, particularly in the House, are as it comes to continuing to fund Ukraine to counter the ongoing Russian invasion. Uh, let's just lay down some 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 lines here. The U.S. has spent more than 113 billion dollars, Jake, so far on this war, with more than nearly 50 billion in military aid. Um, but but there's been a real shift, I think, when it comes to how some Republicans in the House feel like uh, they want to continue to fund this war, whether it's it's worthwhile or not. And this is a, obviously an effort by uh, the Ukrainians to try and shore up support, particularly when it comes to McCarthy. Yeah. Um, g- getting McCarthy and Zelensky on the phone has been a uh, it's it's rattling around uh, the Capitol. Um, 
And uh, just to be clear, McCarthy's office didn't comment. The Ukrainian embassy in Washington did not comment. Um, uh, the Listen, I would say the following. Um, two things could be happening here. Um, number one, this could be an effort for Zelensky to kind of press McCarthy for funding. Um it's not as if McCarthy is unaware of the Ukrainians' position and the U.S. position. He's a member of the Gang of Eight, right? He is a um, he gets the most sensitive U.S. intelligence that there is on the on everything, not on, only on the war in Ukraine. This is something McCarthy actually has been um, unusual, not unusually, but focused on. He's he's a new member of the Gang of Eight. He has been. Um, you know, compared to someone like Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell or or Nancy Pelosi before Hakeem Jeffries. Um, so he understands that this is he understands the U.S. position. He has a broader political issue inside of his conference with giving money to the Ukrainians. Some people support cutting it off totally. Um, that's something he has to contend with. On the other hand, Maybe Zelensky will also press him to press the the Biden administration. I almost said Obama administration. The Biden administration for more advanced weaponry, F-16s. Um, the Ukrainians have been very, very clear, very clear that they need or that they want airplanes. The U.S. has been has balked at that. The, the views are mixed on Capitol Hill. You know, Anna, the pattern here usually is that the U.S., that Ukrainians want something the White House says no. Congress says yes. The White House then says yes later. Not always, but that's kind of happened a few times. Um, so this is I, I could see that going either way. Um, you know what I mean? Like I could see I could see I could see it either being a pre press or both. Right. So anyhow, that is that's the situation with McCarthy in Ukraine. We'll see if this phone call happens. We'll keep everyone posted on that uh, as that happens. All right, let's go on to the number three story of the morning. Uh, I find this extremely in interesting. Uh, the Virginia and Maryland delegations duel over FBI and where it should be headquartered is moving into high gear uh, next week, uh, which could finally settle. This has been a long-running, multi-billion-dollar debate over where to put the new FBI headquarters. Of course, the Virginia delegation wants it in Virginia. The Maryland delegation wants it in Maryland. Uh, and now they're trying to both make the case to the General Services Administration next week about why their state is the superior choice for the new facility, which could cost $5 billion or more, but also obviously be a boon to either state in terms of uh, jobs and and a, a whole host of other things. Uh, Going to be very interesting to see how this actually ends, uh, ends up uh, kind of shaking out. You know, it's interesting. When we were thinking about doing this item yesterday, I said to to Brez, I was like, man, we have to do this. Anna really likes this story. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's a very interesting story. Listen, the FBI headquarters has been long been on Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, kind of across from the Waldorf Astoria, formerly the Trump Hotel. The the um, uh, but the FBI headquarters, according to I've only been there once in my life when I was like you know six years old, so I don't really know. Um, I, I'm not an expert on what it what it looks like or what it if it's fit for for operations or whatever. But it, it seems to be a commonly held theory that. Um, 
this thing needs to move, <laughs> that it needs to be someplace else. So the battle, this is an epic regional battle between Virginia and Maryland uh, with the delegations both pushing for their state. Maryland wants it in Prince George's County um, in either in Greenbelt or Landover, Maryland. Uh, the FB, the Virginia delegation wants it in Springfield, Virginia. And one of the criteria is how close will this new headquarters be to Quantico, the um, where the FBI has facilities now? The Maryland people are saying, "Well, you can't get any closer to Virginia than Virginia." So, is it? Do we even have a chance here? And I think that's a fair point. Um, but both delegations will be presenting to the GSA next week. Um, I don't know how this is going to shake out, but like, if you're saying it needs to be close to Quantico, then. Virginia seems to be the front runner, right? I mean, and by the way, we'll see. Though we'll see. There's a lot of other. There's that they have to weigh the GSA. The way that the that this has all been, this has been longstanding in terms of legislation about how they're supposed to be considering it. There's a, you know a multi pronged approach. Um, some, of course, proximity to Quantico, but also equity is one of the things that they're supposed to be looking at. Um, and and the case that you know the Maryland delegation is going to make, and and we write about this, um, is that they that they should all be um, considered equally. Uh, and both Maryland sites are located in, a, in predominantly black communities in Prince George's County. I would also say just one more thing, Anna. The the argument that I've heard from some Maryland people on this is, you, is that the government has a once in a generation opportunity to turn around or to help communities in Greenbelt and Landover and surrounding neighborhoods and surrounding towns. Not that they... Not that, you know, anything's wrong with those towns, but like the Maryland delegation is like, listen, these an investment in Greenbelt or Landover will by putting the FBI headquarters there will make a massive, massive difference on the uh, in these communities. And I understand that point. It'll be fascinating to see how this all shakes out. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, tell your friends, share us on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. We can hear all of this and so much more when you subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.